Vader is here. Now, on this moon. He was weak and foolish, like his father. So I destroyed him. I need someone to show me my place in all this. Yeah, I'm all slouched and sitting back in my chair, all comfy. Okay. Jess, what movie did we just see? I was going to ask you. Jess, you need more energy than that. <laughs> this is not a good sign. So we just saw... Uh, we just went and star- saw Star Wars The Last Jedi. Danny, tell us a little bit about Let me tell you about film. this. Okay, so... I'm sorry. <laughs> So we just saw The Last Jedi. It is episode eight of the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Force Awakens, we all saw it. You know, it was kind of a remake of A New Hope, a little bit. It was? Okay, this is going to be a great podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jess, so yes. The Force Awakens was like a reboot, remake, re-something of A New Hope. You've got, instead of Luke Skywalker on a desert planet, you have Rey. Go on. Okay, they find the wise old man instead of uh, Obi-Wan, it's Han Solo. They blow up the Death Star again. You know, it's a reboot, remake, but not. If you say so. Okay. (laughs) All right, so The Force Awakens ended with Rey handing a lightsaber to Luke Skywalker. Big moment. Big moment. He didn't say a word. Probably the biggest letdown of The Force Awakens is Luke not doing anything. So they're saving it up. They're saving it up. So in The Last Jedi... A bulk of the story is Ray and Luke, and they're training. <laughs> Continue. Let's just get right to it. Jess, we just saw the movie. How, how did you feel when the credits started? What was your initial reaction? Just go with that. Well, kind of blank, almost. And what I mean by that is there were, you know, the theater reactions are always... You know, especially opening night kind of help you judge the movie. And uh, the end of the movie, there were a few claps, a few cheers, but mostly just silence, which is very unusual for a big movie opening weekend. It's exactly what you don't want. Right. You need people to be cheering. There wasn't a whole lot of cheering. Or at least chatter. Like, people, like, can't wait to talk about it, share their thoughts and opinions. No, and honestly, and we saw it, there were five of us total. Yes. And we pretty much just sat there stunned in silence, really. Yeah. Just kind of, like, glance over the person next to you and be like, yeah. You know, what do you say? It's still sinking in. Right. And from reading responses on Twitter and the Twittosphere. Twittosphere? Twittersphere. Twittersphere? Twitter. Twitterverse? Danny, I don't even know. Okay. That's crazy. On the land of Twitter or Twitter.com, a lot of people are saying they're trying to process the movie or they liked it, but they're not sure if they liked it. Basically debating because I can't honestly say it's a good movie. It's not a great movie. It's not a terrible movie. And a lot of it, I think, is a problem with the structure and the story that they chose to go with because the movie felt all over the place. Very much so, and it was very long. Very, very long. It's a two and a half hour movie, which is the longest for a Star Wars movie. And unnecessarily so. Right, and we can get into why it was about 15 to 20 minutes too long in a minute here. You first start off with, you got Ray and Luke. You got their whole story, which is like a huge part of the movie. Other story, you've got Poe Dameron, and you've got Leia, and you've got the Rebels, who are trying to destroy 
the Empire. There's a space battle. And the space battle, they're on the run. They've got running out of gas. They're stalled. They need help. They're calling for help. They're in space. Hanging out. So you've got space. You've got the island. And then you've got Finn. What was your reaction to the Finn storyline? Unnecessary. What does Finn do in this movie? Well, he runs around with a girl. Um, okay, the girl's name, the character's name is Rose. Is that correct? Yes. And I'm not going to give anything away, but her sister's in the movie, in the, I think the opening scene pretty much, and it's a pretty cool, I mean, her, her character has a great moment, I thought. Yeah, very cool The way character. they filmed it, like, great build-up of tension, suspense, and a great payoff. And then we meet Rose. Right. So, I mean, Finn, when The Force Awakened, when it ended, he was in some kind of coma. He was in a healing chamber. So in this movie, boom, he wakes up. He's like, oh, what are we doing? Oh, wow, we're in space. We're about to die. So he wants to head out on the escape pod. And that's where Rose is waiting with her taser yes. to stop him. And that's how they become friends. Because they know how they can save the ship. Because the ship is being chased, pursued. It's trapped. They're all going to die. Rose and Finn team up. They have an idea. It's ludicrous. doesn't really make sense. But it involves them going to another planet to find someone that's a codebreaker. To then sneak aboard Snoke's ship. And then disarm some tracking beacon. And they get back to the rebel ship and then escape. That's the idea, yeah. That's the idea. Right. Right. And there's other, there's other parts that go into that we can't really give away what happens. I mean... It just seems like... When you have a battle in space, there shouldn't be time for this side storyline. I didn't think there was any time. They made it seem like... Because basically, Snoke's ship tracked the Rebels. I mean, they, Through hyperspace. Hyperspace. They were flying, and they got tracked, which is apparently impossible. There's some kind of tracking device. So when they get off hyperspace, like, oh, wow, what's, we're tracked. How is this possible? We're all going to die. We don't have enough gas or fuel. To jump to hyperspace again. And escape again. They're just going to catch up. So they're basically stranded in space for most of the movie, and it didn't really make sense why they weren't being blown up, killed, attacked. But luckily, they weren't, because in the meantime, Finn and Rose go have an adventure on a different planet. It reminded me of Harry Potter. It looked amazing. It was beautiful. And I I mean, what they did, they land on a planet where there's a casino, lots of gambling. They're all pretty much terrible people that enslave people and animals and bet on creature racing. It probably should have been its own separate movie. I mean, every time they show Ray and and Luke, I'm like, okay, let's stay on this. And they cut away, and you've got Poe in space, and it's like, I just want to get back to Luke and Ray. And then you've got Finn and Rose, and their whole story. I mean, it adds a good 20 minutes to the entire film, and I'm not giving anything away, but it all felt kind of pointless. Like, they didn't Mm -hmm. really accomplish much. And it was as if they didn't know what to do with Finn. But they knew they needed him in the movie because he's not a pilot. He's not going to be with Ray and Luke. And he couldn't stay asleep the whole film. So Why not? Let him sleep. So, so you weren't a fan of Rose? No. She was just a flat, weak female character. Yes, she was. But I know people are going to say that's not true because she did a lot of things. I mean, she was courageous. She had, you know, meaning and made a difference. But... From the first moment you see her, and my first thought was, don't let this be like a Jar Jar Binks kind of character. The person that like is along for the ride, but they don't give the best dialogue to. I mean, it's not her fault. 
she just didn't have much to work with. They didn't give her much to do. And I can't even, I'm not going to give away the big, some of the spoilers towards the end of the actions that she takes, which to me didn't make any sense. I mean, holding Jess's hand at that point, when it's like her big moment, Jess let go of my hand. I was appalled. I was pretty disgusted. <laughs> I know my brother next to me, he, he was shaking his head repeatedly, especially, well, I'm going to say one of the lines that she says. No, I'll say the last, the last part of it. She says the word dummy, correct? Yes, she does. I mean, <laughs> it really, I was like, wait, what are we watching? And why is it that I can delete all this from the movie and it won't make a difference? It just felt completely unnecessary. That's accurate. But let's talk about what did work. I mean, Luke and Ray, right? I mean, the island that they're on is beautiful. And you see Luke's daily routine for the last however many years, which is, I mean, he's an old man hermit that, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it is not Luke Skywalker. No. They don't say how long he's been on this island, but I would think, I mean, maybe 10 years. It, it's really hard to tell. Yeah. It could be less than, it could it's be hard like, to judge ages in the film. Because, I mean, The Force Awakens, they reference he's been gone for a while, but I mean... I would think no more than 10 years because Kylo Ren, who's been solo, was trained by Luke Skywalker. I mean, I would think until he was a teenager, 15 maybe. Right. It's, it's hard to tell, but yeah, Mark Hamill is fantastic. I mean, this is best. As far as being Luke Skywalker, he has the most to work with in this movie. This is his movie, and that's what's so tough about watching it because they keep cutting away from him. I would have been completely fine developing their storyline more and staying on Luke and Ray instead of the four separate storylines. I mean, it's just way too much trying to compete for attention in this movie. Unnecessarily so. I mean, it, it was like they felt like they had to bring every single character in again and give role, but I don't know. I mean, in the first one, they made their their beginnings and I would have been completely fine to wait until the next movie to see like Finn's storyline wrap up or something. Well, that's the other problem with Finn. He doesn't have, you look at where Ray goes from the beginning of this movie to the end, even Poe, like Poe is a clear arc for his character from like learning the first scene of the movie. It's not that he makes a mistake, but Leia kind of puts him in his place and like explains what he's done wrong that he didn't realize. So his arc is going off of that. Right. And they kind of build it up and it's okay. We get the point. Ray, I mean, she's training with Luke. So obviously there's going to be some kind of at least emotional change in her character, but you get to Finn. And in this movie, I don't, I can't think of anything changes really. Like as far as it starts off him trying to escape and leave everybody behind, which is how he was in the first movie too. Right. So, it's tough because he's an interesting character. He used to be a, a stormtrooper. And if there was more of that in The Force Awakens, him struggling as a kid growing up, being forced to be a stormtrooper, that's one thing. But now that he's on the Rebels, I mean, I th that's just the biggest weak part. They couldn't figure out what to do with Finn, but they had to keep him in the movie. So that's why the movie is 20 minutes longer. It's as if Ryan Johnson wrote the movie he wanted and then Disney said, oh, you need Finn to be in this movie. He can't stay asleep the whole time. Give him something to do. And he did. And it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. But Ray is fantastic. 
I mean, her character, they kind of shot themselves in the foot in the first movie by giving her too much power. So in this one, they definitely show her more struggling with inner demons and who she is. And luckily, they do answer big questions like, who are Ray's parents? And why is Luke on the island? What happened with him training Ben? Why did Ben Solo become Kylo Ren? Like, what pushed him over the edge? So in that, they succeeded. See, I don't see that necessarily as a success, though. Because, yes... Um, the movie gave us what we wanted, um, like the cliffhangers that were left open-ended in the first movie were answered in this one, but I don't think that they did it right. I think that, again, it just, we needed more time with the main characters for like the big reveals for like momentum to build up. And I think that's, I just said it out loud for the first time, but I think that was like the big thing is there was no momentum buildup or suspense or anything because of the multiple storylines and cutting back and forth and so when like a big scene happens it's just sort of like oh okay that's over now don't have to worry about that anymore and they move on to a different character pretty much and i think another problem would be like we need a true scary villain in these star wars movies and kylo ren he's really like the spoiled brat kid He's just a whiny kid. I mean, they used to complain that Anakin Skywalker, Hayden Christensen, was a whiny kid. Kylo Ren is far worse. I mean, when he gets emotional, he's just, like, crying and screaming at people, and it's it's not scary. It's comical. Definitely. And that's another thing. This movie really pushes comedy. <laughs> Sometimes it works. Other times it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, the first scene, Poe Dameron, he's got some funny lines with General Hux, and Hux is supposed to be a leader of the First Order. Like, he's... Scary He's guy. a Hitler type of character. Right. The first scene in the movie, they pretty much like stripped that Make a away. Joke of him. Yeah, like it's funny. To me, it didn't work, but the crowd was laughing. I laughed at first, and then they kept pushing it a little bit. They really tried to make it funnier somehow for some reason. It wasn't as dark as I would have liked it to be. And a lot of jokes kind of fell flat if they were even jokes at all. Overall, like I'm not going to say I didn't like it because, like I said, like wrapped up things from the first movie and. Like, kind of let us see what we were hoping to. I definitely could have used more fun BB-8. Oh, Jess. The first movie. Jess loves BB-8. He purrs in the first movie. He does. There was nothing even remotely close <laughs> to that in this movie. That BB-8 definitely had his moments, though. I mean, he does things that droids shouldn't be able to do. I don't want to spoil anything, but... Okay. He definitely saves a day. Well, and okay. No... Yeah, I, can, I know just like BB-8. Uh-huh. But I think for most people watching this movie, the lack of BB-8 would not be a problem. Jess is making a face right now, but I think for <laughs> most people, it's going to be thinking, oh, wow, one, we've seen this before, or two... It's Star Wars 8. Of course we've seen it Jess, before. Between this and The Force Awakens, they have stolen different scenes from the other movies. There's not that many movies. Eight is not that many. Mm-hmm. When you're stealing lines from the prequels and you forget to say the classic Star Wars line. That's crazy. I have a bad feeling about this. I don't I don't get that at all. But I still think of like, you have a birthday card with that phrase with Harrison Ford. <laughs> I have a really bad feeling about this. Well, <laughs> so they, they couldn't even get that part right, which is pretty simple. I mean, it's a, a dead, it, dead giveaway, clear, instant, cheap. It's a for sure clap. Like, Force Awakens, you hear it and the crowd claps. Like, it's an easy win. 
And they didn't even do that. Missed their moment. Yes. But, I mean, people are going to think, I know my brother definitely watching it, anytime they stole a line from a previous film or a different, like, familiar set or location. I mean, one of the locations on the planet with all the salt, it looks like snow. Mm-hmm. The Battle of Hoth. And it literally, they definitely try and copy. Like, it's a clear homage. Ooh. <laughs> like Danny's vocabulary I'll call it a homage. It's a clear homage. Don't call it a homage. Homage to Empire Strikes Back, which is fine if you do it right, but... Mm-hmm. All right, what else do you like about it? I think that was it. Okay, so we got to go to the spoilers <laughs> real quick. If you don't want to know some spoilers, stop listening now. Okay, so Jess, real quick. One of the first things that bothered me, I was really bothered by Leia in space floating and then using the Force to return to the ship while she was... In a coma, right? Yeah, she had no oxygen. She was in space. What was your reaction? What did you think about that when you saw it? I was like, oh, man, like, Carrie Fisher died. Like, they have to, you know, end her character somehow. Like, they picked a really beautiful way for her to go out. But then she didn't. Right. Then she zapped to it. It was extremely well done at first. I'm like, that's a creepy death. I loved it. She's floating in space. Yeah. And then she apparently used the force and returned to the ship. And my problem with that is, one, it just looked weird, her floating back to the ship. It wasn't – something was off about the way it looked. And then on top of that, like, if she can do that, she needs to use the Force at any other point in the film. Right. There's got to be a time where she can use it. And the only other, like, hint of using the Force is when – she had she's done it a few times to like stare off into space and it'll cut to a different character and you know they're like connected and she knows what they're thinking or planning right or when han died in the force awakens she felt it i mean different moments like that connect she can even empire strikes back she like hear voices but this is a whole nother level and i right i know the crowd was kind of like wait what and when the movie ended i mean talking to my brother and our friends i mean the first thing that we heard or one of the first things was, so what did you think about Leia in space? I mean, it was kind of a weird moment. Very. Well, and and it didn't have to be. It was beautiful. It was serene. It was an awful, amazing death for a beautiful character. Yes. And then it wasn't. Where even better, what led up to it was, you're watching Kylo Ren, and he knows his mom is on the ship and where she is. And he, he's about to shoot her. And at the last moment, chooses not to, and it's fantastic. But the fighters next to him, they fire anyways. And like, oh, wow, he, he wasn't going to kill his mom, but his own soldiers did. And it's fantastic. I loved it so much. And then she didn't die. Anyways, um, yep. so from there, let's, let's cut to real quick uh, Finn, his storyline with, with Rose. Like we said, it's not relevant to anything. They don't accomplish anything. And... It really, it just felt like a strange, like watching the intro to a video game. Um, they're on the rebel ship. They're watching a video from Miles Kanata, the yellow lady from The Force Awakens. And she's like, you need a code breaker to get on Snoke's ship. You need this code breaker I know on this planet at the casino. He's a gambler. Go find him. Finn and Rose are like, sure, let's go. Get to the planet. They're racing to the casino. They get captured. They're in prison. And Benicio Del Toro wakes up. And he's in the prison with them. Uh, yeah. So, I think he's the code breaker, but they never even really confirm he or deny. He wasn't the code breaker they meant. Is that correct? 
See, I think that he was, and because the whole thing was there was a red flower lapel, lapel that they saw on somebody else, but they got captured before they could go talk to that guy. But I think that guy stole the lapel from you think? Benicio del Toro. They didn't really explain that if that's the case. I wasn't sure if right. Benicio was, was like very fishy, like their backup, which made the audience kind of doubt if it would work, but. No, I think by him being able to escape the cell, the prison cell, proved that he was the the code breaker. Okay, well, that solves that. But basically, let's wrap up his story because whatever they did didn't make a difference. They failed. So in that, we get to see the death of Phasma, which is pretty cool, but there's still another movie in the trilogy, so it I was- guess that was pointless. Yeah, a very quick, wasteful death of a pretty cool character. Yeah, and Rose, I mean, she has a lot of great moments, and I think, you're right, if this was a separate movie or a different one, you could really get into these characters being on this planet. Because she, she tells some of it of her backstory and about how she can relate to the planet. You've got gamblers, slaves. I mean, right when they landed on the planet and they started talking about, like, the kids and slavery, I was like, there's no way they have enough time for this. Like, how do you start a rebellion on this planet, which... They can't just leave a planet with all these, like, the way it is, you know? I mean, there needs to be time to save all these people. They don't, and they don't really accomplish anything because... But they save the animals. No, do you think... They're going to capture the animals again. No, they were free. Okay. <laughs> well, guess what? They're going to capture the animals <laughs> no! anyways. No! They're and majestic. Benicio Del Toro, of course, is bad because why else would he be in this movie if not to be a bad guy? That's another giveaway. Oh, wait, there's, like, a quality actor. I don't think he was bad necessarily oh, i mean did he, he help them here's the thing he turned against them but he was yes. in it for himself he exactly. wanted money he was 100 percent bad no he was not 100 percent bad if, remember if when ben he... had offered him money he would have gone with him but he was in it for himself so he was he a good or bad character for them did he help or hurt them because they got to the point where they could shut it down in a while they get captured he turns on them he's a bad character he was not a hero in any way. I didn't say that. Okay. So you have that, which is pointless. And then what else do we got? I mean, Luke, the big payoff for me was Luke versus Kylo Ren. That lightsaber fight. Yeah, I, I was, I mean, again, this movie was like two and a half hours long. And so we went, you know, 930 and it was good. It held my attention. Towards the end, I'm starting to drift because, you know, it's a work day kind of thing. Oh, my gosh. And in and out, you know. But then Luke and Kylo Ren, and I'm like, oh, man, lightsaber fight. Like, perk up, drink some pop. And then it was over. It was pretty quick. And they kept cutting away to Poe and Ray, And I didn't really care because I'm like, all I wanted from The Force Awakens was Luke Skywalker to fight Kylo Ren. And we're finally getting it. And then it turned out to be more of a Jedi mind trick hologram type of thing, which is still pretty cool. But, again, they didn't give me what I wanted. I wanted to see Luke and Leia really together. I wanted to see Luke, Leia, and Han. Not possible anymore. To make matters worse, Luke is now dead and passed on. He's part of the Force. He's going to hang out with Yoda and his father, but he's gone. So I don't know what Episode Nine could be about that would make me very interested. Not to mention it ends with a kid on that casino planet who apparently has the force and he's looking up to the sky and sees the ships flying by. 
it's actually pretty beautiful, but for me, it's not promising. Like, no, I've seen kid Jedi's before, been there, done that. So I guess unless you have any more thoughts on it, man, after talking about it, I don't really, I didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) It, I mean, I do think we need to see it again to fully process all that actually happens in this movie. But I do not think so. This will be a movie that improves on the second viewing. Unfortunately, I agree. But I think once it's on Blu-ray and DVD and I can edit out Finn's storyline, <laughs> it'll be much more clear that it's a Luke Skywalker film. Because Mark Famel, Mark Famel, <laughs> Mark Hamill is great. They gave him a lot of great material. And he's excellent. And him versus Kylo Ren, although it's kind of fake, it was pretty much worth it, I thought. It was pretty close to it. Sadly, he's gone now, so it's pointless. But, I mean, look, if Jess wasn't too hyped about it, for the other fans that realize how they just, at this point, are kind of rehashing the previous movies, I can't imagine many diehard fans or even, like, serious fans truly enjoying it. Although it has great reviews, so we're in the minority on this one. I mean, my first reaction would be it's like a C movie. Like, just how it's made, the story. Does it deliver... Yeah, you learn who Ray's parents are. You don't know anything more about Snoke. I'm still hoping it's a lie about Ray's parents. That would be good, but I'm definitely glad her parents aren't Luke. To be clear, Kylo Ren is the one who announces who Ray's parents are. Right. And so he's kind of going back and forth with good guy, bad guy at this point in the the storyline. And if he lied to her to make her angry and hopefully pull her to the dark side, I wouldn't be all that surprised. Definitely. And to me, the thing is, there are a lot of things in the movie that does work. I mean, Kylo Ren and Rey, their relationship in this movie, they're not even together with what they're communicating because of Snoke. Right. I mean... Which, that was pretty cool. Right. That was... That was... It was brilliant, and... Their relationship is a reason to watch the movie. Luke's reason to watch the movie. If there was more of a focus on that storyline, this a, movie would have been a right, lot There's better. a lot of junk in between. Nonsense, filler, poor dialogue, weird faces. Some of the shots set up Ray in like a weird, very weird, awkward position where she's alone on the frame. And like talking to Luke and it just feels weird and it feels very amateurish. Hmm. That's my opinion. Danny notices... Amazing. Oh, I forgot one thing. Real quick. at Towards the end, Finn decides to become useful. <laughs> okay. And he's going to d- kill himself by crashing into a giant door ram or weapon. Right? It was like a cannon. Which, honestly, I don't think would have done much. I feel like he would just bounce off. He was off taking it. out a cannon. Right. Either way, the point is he wanted to sacrifice himself for the whole cause. And it is kind of beautiful. It's kind of sad. And it's like, from watching it, I was confident, like, surprisingly confident he's going to die because he didn't do anything the whole movie. And at that point, I'm like, this makes sense to me. This is his moment. Right. It makes perfect sense. So he's about to do it. And then at a left field, Rose and her little cute little plane, like these, they were rugged planes, like no roof on it. Like, okay, a little comedy. Poe, like, puts his foot through the floor. Yes. Right. That was pretty funny. Anyways, so Rose is like, I'm going to save Finn. 
completely ignoring that he's about to sacrifice himself to save everybody. She crashes into him and sends both their planes into pieces. Knocks him out it's, of the line a, of it's, fire. <laughs> it's pretty bad. And uh, luckily, they both survive. And Finn runs over and uh, Rose is looking a little cheery as always. She's happy but sad and a little bloody. And she says the following line. I think what uh, Finn said, something like, What are you doing, Rose? Swim. I need you to swim. Yeah, it definitely reminded me of Titanic. <laughs> there were lots of just weird moments that seemed that, like they came from other movies outside of the Star Wars series in well, this film. we got to finish this moment real quick. Yeah. Do you remember Rose's line? Uh, something about, I, I saved you, you dummy. Right. Okay, let's play it real quick. All right, I'm Finn. I'm running over. Rose, what were you thinking? I was trying to save you, dummy. And then they kiss. Kind of. And then Rose appears to die. With a very dramatic head <laughs> tilt to the left. And boom. She is <laughs> out. She's unconscious. And, I mean, it... <laughs> one, <laughs> he was trying to save everybody. Like I told Jess, it's kind of like if you're watching Independence Day and Randy Quaid, who's about to sacri- sacrifice himself by flying his plane into the alien mothership to blow it up. And save the whole world. Right. If somewhere out of left field, his son showed up in a plane and knocked him out of the way and said, I'm trying to save you, dummy. And then everybody <laughs> dies from the aliens. It doesn't make sense. I mean, it's cute. Like, nice job, Rose. But you could have just killed everybody. And even watching it, I'm like, you could delete this moment, this scene, and it wouldn't change anything. Right? I mean, there, oh, there's the crash, and then he drags the body back alone. And that gets back to me thinking, like, did Ryan... Well, and so that's the thing, though, too. Like, what Finn was trying to knock out, he was going to sacrifice himself. Like, would he have actually <laughs> saved anybody? Like, Apparently I don't not, think... because what did the ship do after that? Uh, I don't know that we saw it again. I don't know if that's when Ray showed up with the Falcon or not, but... I mean, Maybe that's when the light, the Luke shows up and Kylo Ren stops the fight anyways because he wants to fight luke alone right that that's probably it so i mean yeah nice job finn didn't do anything it was kind of pointless timing man all right danny we gotta wrap this one up all right was there anything else terrible about this movie see that's the thing it wasn't no there are terrible moments in a great film yeah this film had so much more potential than it gave us it it just fell flat. I think what it is, like, Force Awakens, J.J. Abrams, that movie is so quick. One thing happened, like, there's no time for emotional moments, really. They just, there's always something going wrong. And that movie is within this movie. But there's also 20 more minutes that doesn't need to be there. Force Awakens is definitely more well made. I th- Yeah, J.J. Abrams kind of puts in what needs to be there. And I think Ryan Johnson, who knows, Disney's in control. Disney says what needs to be, and his script might have been a lot tighter, and Finn might not be doing anything the whole movie until the very end, or not at all. And because of marketing, he needs to be in the movie. That's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Added Mo- bonus, which... Most of the bad moments come from Finn and his storyline. Agreed. Not to mention, I mean, I like Laura Dern being in this movie. Her purple hair... Just Hunger Games. Hunger Games, Divergent. Divergent. Yeah, it, it felt strange. very strange. 
and not to get into the whole thing where if, if she just told Poe that she had a plan and to relax. Finn's storyline wouldn't have been would, necessary. Finn's story wouldn't be necessary because <laughs> when, when Poe finds out, oh, you do have a plan, it's literally like, oh, oh okay, that, ma- that makes sense. Okay, I, I have Finn and uh, Rose on a different planet. They're risking their lives. bb with them. So, I mean, that's cool because I can go tell them they can come back. I'm glad you actually have a plan. I was just thinking you were in charge of the ship and didn't really know what you were doing. So I'm I'm glad we figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> like that's fine in real life if that's how it goes down. But in a movie, everything Pointless. on screen should be necessary. Right. Or end in like complete devastation. Like if Finn had died on the side story and then Poe realized it was all pointless and he felt bad and he's like done in life. Like, okay. But there's – it was literally like, uh, yeah, Finn, your story didn't matter. Sorry. Yeah, Laura Dern just didn't want to tell me she actually had a plan. I was worried because she's a female and purple hair. Laura Dern gives a speech that's not that great, but, you know, whatever. And Poe's reaction is like, that's the so-and-so? <laughs> nice speech. It's like, he doesn't care. And this whole movie is like questioning her and, oh, it turns out she knew what she was doing. I guess there's a lesson to be learned in that. I don't know. But here's the thing. I'm never going to tell anyone not to go see a Star Wars film. Yes, go see this movie because I'm going to go see it again. Absolutely go see it. And like I said, there is a great movie within this movie, but overall, it's an okay movie. I can't wait for Danny's edited version. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I don't know what they're going to do for the next movie, Episode Nine. Yeah. Phasma's There's dead. There's like nothing I'm looking forward Luke is to. Dead. Snoke is dead. We don't even, I mean, Snoke was there and gone. And we already found out, like, the backstory Yeah, we didn't of, even talk about that. Like, that should have been, like, a really big, memorable moment. And it was just kind of like hidden yeah. it was like beneath that's a whole nother conversation plus because kylo they really they ripped off return of the jedi in which luke kind of turns himself in to go face his father who doesn't think it's really bad and the father takes no, him to the emperor yeah, I see that. it's the same thing i mean ray turns herself in to kylo because she doesn't believe kylo's bad kylo takes her to basically the emperor snoke Yeah, that's it. And that's another part. Like, there are lots of moments like that. If you're a diehard Star Wars fan, you're watching a rehash of previous movies. But go see this movie. Yes, it's fine. Be prepared. Yes. Bye. Good night. Be prepared. Be our guest. Be our guest. Bonjour. 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 Bonj